the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Welcome to another edition of the Minnesota Football Show. I am Rodrigo Sanchez Chavarria, one of your co-hosts. I'm joined by our wonderful friends in football and as well as your co-host, uh, Eric and Bridget. How are you guys doing? Hello, hello. Doing well. It's beautiful out. Yeah, right. I I hear birds chirping away outside. So I saw a yeah. cardinal yesterday. That was cool. yeah. For for our our Turkish fans <laughs> that apparently pops up on the statistics all the time, we we kind of skipped um, we skipped spring as has been happening lately. Skip fall, we skip spring, and we go straight to summer and straight to winter. Like I looked at the forecast, and we're gonna be almost hit eighty this coming week, which is mm-hmm. extreme. So. Here we go. Yeah, I'd, I need like a week in the 60s, but I yeah. guess I'll settle for a couple of days in the 60s before we go. <laughs> that's, that's spring, Bridget. There it was. Whatever. Yep. yep. One day. <laughs> One day. <laughs> How are you, Rodrigo? Are you enjoying the, the, the straight jump? Verano, directo? I mean, it's like, it feels like every time we have like a snowy winter, we end up getting like some weird temperatures you remember that back in the days when we had like a lot of snow and then it meant it and we had like that 60 degree days in the middle of december yeah <laughs> and then boom yeah. we got hit by snow and then we're like oh yeah that's right <laughs> yep yeah so anyways now I, I, me and santi went outside because he's been interested in playing soccer and so we did a couple of things and did some did some fun stuff and i mean it was nice it's like i enjoy being outside without a jacket and you know Everything else is good. I mean, G right now is on her bike, so um, yep, I've been I've been biking again as well. She, she called me and woke me up and said, "How do I do this?" And I was like, "Do what?" And she's like, "Put air in my tires." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh boy!" I was like, "Oh man!" <laughs> I was like, "Okay, here you go." And she goes, "I can't find it." I was like, "I told you it's in tote. It's not in there." So I get up, go to the garage, and. I point to the tote and she goes, Oh, that, oh, that tote. one. <laughs> I was like, Okay, how do I take this needle thing off? I was like, There's a little screw thing on the bottom. And I'm like, I'm like, dear Lord kid, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you to work on the yard just so you can get familiar with some of this terminology and usage of stuff. I was like, Okay, bye, Dad. I was like, there you go. Well, if G would like to go on a, a bike ride sometime, I'd be happy to accompany yeah. him going somewhere. Now that we I'm have, get, I'm getting uh, back into it. Yeah, no, I gotta put, air, I gotta put airs in my tires, and I, we're we're trying to figure some places to go. So, I was out a couple of weeks ago when it's still like in the 30s or whatever, but enough snow had melted that at least the the greenway is clear. So I was just burning up and down the greenway. But like this, this is, man, I went. It, it's it's just fun to watch the metro area kind of explode with humans from nowhere. So I, guess I went <laughs> running yesterday, and and. My first run here, I, I ran in Italy, but like, it, it, it was like 
in a way sometimes being in like a, like a venue because you'd hit certain parts and there were like so many walkers and so many runners that were all just like dodging each other like bob and weave bob and weave because everybody's out <laughs> so when i got home friday night there's i mean we think everyone in the neighborhood got a dog over the winter all of a oh, sudden yeah. there's all these people walking dogs that we've never seen Yep. all these people we've never seen and i pulled into my street on friday night and there's like five different groups of people like walking down the street and i had to just like park and wait for them because there's also giant puddles in the middle of the street that yes. they're all walking around so i was like i'll just pull over here and wait for you all to pass <laughs> like, it's intense right because like a week or two ago like people? nobody's out and then all of a sudden it's like boom humans yeah. everywhere yeah, like it was it was all just a giant sheet of ice a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So it was, you know, one or two people have been walking their dogs all year and the usual people. And now there's all these like random people who I don't know. And I'm like, yes. I don't know who you are or where you came from, but happy summer, I guess. <laughs> Pretty much. Yep, that was that was the vibe around here as well. Well, shall we? Got some football here to, okay. to tackle. Um pretty dense week some interesting things i can't wait to talk about libertadori there was a lot of really really fun stuff happening there um but let's start with open cup it, it got rolling here where we have not got to the mls point that is the next phase um i mostly focused on kind of our our regional friends slash rivals and and kind of what they were doing uh des moines hosted chattanooga fc and they lost chattanooga 4-1 so des moines menace hasta la vista they are out uh but then our, our friends down in uh, 311 Styli, uh, Omaha Styli, they played El Paso Locomotive, hosted them, and won 2-0. So they are moving on. And they draw St. Louis City, and they are they put out some fun memes, which is which is great. They're looking forward to uh, taking on the Darlings and maybe doing what they did to Minnesota United with uh, St. Louis City. So wish them luck. I didn't put all the other ones in here. Are, are there any other... Um, uh usl or lower division clubs that you all wanted to highlight from uh that round of the open cup that i may have missed all right hearing silence i, I will say that uh detroit city won their match and i bring that one up because that is who minnesota united will play oh yeah don't have, that's don't have that one's gonna yet, be fun but... yep yeah yep. but will uh, for... is will trap going to bring a six-pack of Minnesota beer, a la <laughs> Minneapolis City, uh, bringing a six pack in lieu of a pennant. Ah, <laughs> good connection. I, I don't know. Good doubtful. question. Doubtful. Good question. But, yeah. I, I think most of the listeners probably know at this point, but for those that may be newer listeners and don't know, Detroit City uh, has this great story of being a community-owned team. Are they are they like one of the fifty-one percenters, or is it like all uh buy-in similar to uh to aurora i can't remember how it all works it, it's it's one of those formulas i know i know that the supporters yeah. have a have a pretty big stake big pretty big share um just a really good vibe too it's it's it sounds like a really a really dope club so that's gonna happen at some point we don't have any details yet uh any other open cup news or comments otherwise no, i'm excited yeah, we do have to be able to watch that so yeah, we do have a date. Uh, we do have a date, please. Tuesday the fifth. Oh, that's coming up faster than I thought. All right. Well, there you go. 
Is it? But that's a that's a way though, right? The first game. Ah, uh, good question. I think the MLS teams. Is it? I couldn't remember if the MLS teams get like the automatic hosting or not. I, I, oh, I don't probably do. You're right. You're right. You're right. Right. No, I think it. I think it'll be at Detroit. That'd be the, awesome because they could. The first, like these early rounds, I think it is at the lower, lower division. Cool. Well, once we figure that one out, we'll let everybody know. Yeah. Uh, but thank you for the date. Though. Those details. Yeah, those details should be coming up in the next week or so. Yeah, yep, book yep. your Airbnbs and Detroit people. That should be fun. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Mr. Rodrigo, it's yours. Let's go on your uh, Woso style here. I'll, I'll be All right, it's time for our Woso news. Uh, a lot of this work is done by our Woso correspondent, Nubia Nelly Esparza, who is sitting behind me and will yell and correct me at any point in time during this prac. Yes, oh, please. Yes, Part please. of the program. Uh, so let's start with, yeah, well. I can say whatever I want. So there we go. Um, so let's start with U.S. Women National News. Um, if you guys saw the game at all, it was uh, U.S. Women National versus the Republic of Ireland. Um, U.S. Women won 2 nothing. Goal scored by um, Emily Fox. I always like it when a defender scores, and this goal was pretty good. They were able to dribble it up and just um, create some space and take, a, and take a, a shot that's not powerful but well-placed. Um, and that was their first goal in the. And that was their first goal. Uh, not not a lot then, of pressure from the from the Irish defense. They're <laughs> kind of no, ball but the Irish defense was well placed, but also um, they were very physical, and I think that was one of the things that people didn't understand um, um, or didn't get them used to, to it. And then uh, Lindsey Horan also scored on a PK, uh, but but the the story of the game is not. It's not the score, but it's actually uh, Mallory Swanson who got carted off of the field in the first half following a left knee injury. Um, there's still no information. They were rushed to the hospital um, as to what the injury is. Hopefully it's not something serious because Mallory Swanson is just tearing it up. And um, Mal was injured earlier in the game, what appeared to be a head-neck collision with the goalkeeper, the Irish goalkeeper. And so... Um, even though, and we kind of talked this off air, but one of the things that, that always irks me is um, player safety, right? And specifically concussions and, and head-on collisions or whatnot. I always, to me, my rule has always been like, if someone has an upper torso uh, collision, I usually, you know, sit them out for the majority of, of the game or at least 20 minutes um, within my age is usually a half to be able to see if there's anything else because the body goes into shock. And even though they went in there and they assessed her and they were checking to see if they had any broken bones or any other contusions, they literally let her right back in. And literally, you know, I want to say within like, you know, 10 minutes, um, there's contact and she falls down and she's holding the back of her knee and everyone like stops. Everyone's beginning to rush over. Um, the solidarity team, the teammates was was beautiful to see. Like some of them were just like um, kind of shielding views. Uh, I know Alex Morgan was. A lot of people listen there. All those all were just getting there and just shielding. But it's scary when you get to see the freaking um, the freaking golf golf cart, the emergency golf cart with the cart in it. 
to so take we're talking potential else. multiple injuries here, like perhaps a concussion from the first thing and now a knee injury and who knows what, right? We're talking about right. We don't know. That's like that's that's the scary thing. And, and it, the, yeah, the, there there hasn't been any update regarding the knee injury, but from the video, um, and before they were able to shield her, it looks like there's definitely a, a dislocated kneecap patella Yikes. happening there. So um, that's no good. I mean, hopefully easily reduced once she, they got her to the hospital. But um, yeah. I mean, I would I would hope it's a dislocated kneecap because Issa's done one of those too. But Issa's also the type of person to be like, oh, it's dislocated. Let me pop it back in place and keep it. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's one that just kind of goes back in place with minimal extra damage. But yeah, and um, hopefully that's what it is. But yeah, again, well, we should. You know, hear, I would think again, we should hear something in the next few days on that. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's it was a friendly, and like, I mean, they they chose to play uh, Ireland because they are uh, that physical, like low block defensive force. Um, so they knew exactly. Like, I know there are a few t- few tweets saying that Ireland was playing maybe too physical for a friendly, but that's what they wanted. Like they wanted to play this yeah. friendly because Ireland was going to be that physical, um, tough challenge. Which... These are their last tune-ups before the World Cup, right? These matches. Right. Yeah. 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 And they'll play them again on Tuesday. They okay. like Flacco and and the Irish coach like wanted them to play each other's form, um, for more experience with that because Ireland has also been playing like, um, smaller, like slower teams that you know similar similar position to what women's national team is is dealing right. with um in terms of friendly opponents so they wanted the physical game uh but at the same time like collisions like this i mean the first one is one of those things that happens like that's uh that's part of diving in towards goal towards the keeper and um keeper for her for her part, like knew right away something was off and um, backed off and and kind of checked in on her. But um, yeah, those things happen, and there was no reason to keep her on the pitch or play through it. Yeah, uh, she bad. also has an NWSL season to go back to. You know, like next week after um, after these friendlies are done on Tuesday. So. I was just looking at Ireland's group. They have a tough group. Uh, Australia, Nigeria, yeah. and Canada. But yeah, that's, I also that's think why. They're... Yeah, that's why they wanted to 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 play the U.S. for a couple. Mm-hmm. Of really tune up for those games. Mm-hmm. I I think Ireland though the way that they play the U.S. I think if they were able to hold that um, with other teams that, that they they could be the dark horse in that group. Honestly, I I, yep. I think so. Because uh, they they scored literally like within like after this all happened they scored but it was offsides but their 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 counter attacking was 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 pretty spot on you know I mm-hmm. think um, another thing we need to talk about Julie Ertz returns to the pitch after 611 yeah. days away following her pregnancy birth of her kiddo she also celebrated her 100th cap which happened in 2020 but but was just today that was celebrated in addition she still has no club. <laughs> so, so like so that's like my question is how do you call someone up if they got no club but it Earths it does sound Earths. i mean it sounds like they're working on that like they when they were talking to her after the game um they said so what can we expect from you like in the next couple months before world cup starts 
will you be attached like to a team? And she's like, yeah, I hope to be attached to a team and like nice. ready to go. Um, All right, Aurora, so I think, make that. I think they're working. Aurora, let's do it. She got she got to be captain for a little while too, right? I think when yeah at some point it got yeah. got passed down. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Another That's news wild. um for a debut for the Republic of Ireland uh, is it Sinead Fer- Farley Farley. Sinead Fairley. Sinead Fairley, thank you. I was going to say, throw, debut... throw to Bridget for, for all your Gaelic needs. <laughs> After originally retiring from soccer in 2016, following a car accident and all the trauma she suffered under Paul Riley while playing on playing for wow, Portland Thorns in 2015. Yeah, that guy always comes up. So, so prior to the 2011 World Cup, she was actually called for the U.S. Women National League camp before asking her for her one-time switch to the Irish national team which was announced before this match. The next game uh, is Tuesday, April 11th. Um, let's see what happens in the sense. We'll have hopefully updates regarding, regarding Mallory. But um, overall, I thought, you know, the women played pretty decently and came back, I think. Mm-hmm. And it should be an interesting um, play. But um, maybe, I mean, if I'm, I don't want to, I'm not going to think of alternates for Mallory Swanson until I know. But I think I think they'll they'll be okay in the aspect of uh, of forwards in that and in game wise. But you can't really replace Mallory Swanson uh, presence on the team, presence on the field, presence everywhere. It's just amazing. Uh, let's jump to some NWL news. Here's the scores from um, let's see, Orlando Pride one, Angel City two, and that was from last week that we didn't get to talk about. Um, goals by rookie Messiah Bright for Orlando, first career NWL goal and a Claire Emsley with the PK and Katie Johnson for Angel City. Um, Orlando Pride acquired Canadian forward Amanda Allen on a three-year deal. The Orlando Pride has announced the signing of 18-year-old Canadian international Amanda Allen joining the club on a three-year deal through 2025. Allen, who was recently called up to Canada's senior national team for this international window, will join the Pride pending the receipt of her P1 visa. What the heck is a P1 visa? Like I know F one, F two, I know J ones. I'm gonna have to look that up. What a P one visa is, but that's interesting. <laughs> just because I'm traumatized by visas, so you know, just 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 kind of want to know what all the visas are. Uh, in addition, uh, this is something that we kind of expected, and we have conversations about. The NWL announced expansions for the Bay Area. Cali keeps on getting richer. The National Women's Soccer League today has awarded expansion rights for Team 14, an investment group to represent the Bay Area, California. Northern California has been a key generator of women's soccer talent throughout the history of the sport, which is true. And the Bay Area is also a top 10 media market known for its diverse cultural and vibrant ecosystem. Uh, the, the club will play in 2024. Um, I think we can talk about um, who the who their investments are. The majority of investors is Sixth Street, a leading global investment, um, whose I've experienced, including investments with Real Madrid, FC Barcelona, and the Spurs. The firm also partnered with New York Yankees. So, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting as, as the aspect as to what is going to eat. But seriously, let's get some more Midwest teams in here. Like, seriously. we uh, Can I interject really quick? I've got, I've got your P1 if you would like an answer. You, you got your P1? I do. Uh, individual team athlete or member of an entertainment group to perform specific athletic competitions or entertainment as a group. Uh, internationally recognized sustained performance includes persons providing essential services in support of the above. There you go. 
Please continue. Uh, I was just informed that Brandy Chastain is reading as part of this group for the Bay Area group. As, um, so that should be really interesting. Um, in addition, Houston Dash signed Mexican women's national team goalkeeper Emily Alvarado. Houston Dash have acquired Mexican women's national team goalkeeper and Dash youth alum Emily Alvarado from Stade Rams Femenims with the French Top Division. Uh, Alvarado signed for 2023 season with an option in 2024. This is for you, Eric. Orlando Pride signed Brazilian midfielder. All right, help me with this one. Is it is it Thais Reese? Thais. Thais Reese. Yep. Two one year contract. The Orlando Pride have signed the midfielder to one year contract with an open for an additional year. The Brazilian rejoins the Pride after being signed via discovery on June 11th of last year. Rise will be eligible for selection following the receipt of a. Yeah, there it is again. <laughs> makes makes its second second appearance. Very P1 good. Visa. P1 That's visa. what we should call this episode. P1 Visa. Pretty much. Uh, done. We're learning done. all of the embassy things. Yeah. Yeah. P1 <laughs> visa. That's awesome. Uh, Seriously, amazing. call this episode learning P1 about P1 visa. visas. Got it. Uh, and Minnesota Aurora News. Uh, Morgan Stone returns for 23 season. Woohoo. Uh, Ariana Del Morado returns for 2023 season. Double woohoo. Uh, no cap sports announcement deal with Emma and FC to help players with NIL deals. I really want to get into this at one point. We should have a conversation like specifically about this. Uh, but no cap sports, the leading athlete marketing technology and services companies in Minnesota, Aurora FC have announced a partnership to provide Aurora players with access to the no cap name, images, likeness, marketplace platform and dealing sourcing. This is huge. Like I'm, I'm telling you, this is a big deal. Because NIL is 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 becoming to become more and more um, a bigger deal, or more and more for college athletes to be able to actually get paid instead of being student athletes, and it, it's it's a it's a big deal. So I think that's what it is. Um, your team might not have one, but our team does. Dentists, our dentist returns for Minnesota Aurora. Christelle Yewa returns for the twenty twenty season. Her video on in on was it on, on the Aurora page was was great. I can't wait for the chance of teeth. Teeth, teeth, teeth. And then there's like you got gingivitis. Our striker flosses daily. Yeah, our striker <laughs> flosses daily. I mean, I I'm excited for that, and, and I'm also she's, excited. She's super pumped too. Like I, I think I congratulated her on ig and she replies back i'm so excited thank you (laughs) (laughs) i'm excited as well too because now they actually get more playing time because the the the, the playing time that they got they were able to score some goals Mm -hmm. and i'm hoping that you know they become one of our uh scoring top scoring options this season was that because of competition or busyness with like dentistry school and everything competition yeah both yeah, competition, but yeah, there were a few games she had to miss because she had to be in clinic or right. um, testing. So that um, she's, I believe she's done with school this spring. Um, so I think um, kind of she'll get a, a full release to really play through the whole season. And yeah, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully show some more of the, of the, the crazy goals that we saw from her last year. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I mean, if she's done with school and she ends up being in part of, uh, uh, and, um, 
I want to say dental lockers or whatever else she works at. She, give out your cards. Give everyone out your cards. Put them out in the pockets. Mm-hmm. So people come in. Just give out your, give out your cards. You never know. You're gonna pick up business. Who does not want to be, uh, to 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 be associated with that? I mean, that'd be a great promotion. Seriously. Reopen the clinic on Riverside. We're still bummed about that. We used to be able to bike to our dental clinic, and then they closed yeah. it for whatever stupid reason. Uh, so, so you know, well, like when they listen, gassed you, open they gassed you to put you to sleep or something like that. Did you have to? Could you bite back after that? That has not happened since I've lived in this state. The last time that happened was like wisdom teeth when I was a teenager. So that's been a long time. I was an adult. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> long time. I, my last time in, I just got a lot of needles, no gas. Yeah. And I when I remember, preferred the gas, but yeah. So check it one one time because I, I I split it. I did my tops and my bottoms separate, which in retrospect I'm glad I did because I remember kids it, being yeah same miserable yeah, no. getting same. them all out for weeks, and and I can't remember which which one it was, top or bottom. But the dentist like he he gets the the laughing gas going, whatever, and he's just like, oh, so I'm gonna leave for a little bit. Here's how you turn it. If you want more, you want less. I'm like, you're giving me. <laughs> control <laughs> yes like, yeah you'll be fine i'm like okay and you're crank, like crank, crank. exactly <laughs> exactly yeah did you, did you turn into the joker at that point oh i, I was having a great time <laughs> it was a party uh, no i i yeah they, that's, they a, that's a lot more that. fun a lot more fun than the needles where they're like okay well while you sit here and wait to not feel your face we're gonna go check in on some other people we'll be back like yeah okay cool yeah. i just thought it was so weird dude. just like Oh, here, this is how we control that's, it. I'm that's out. bizarre. I feel <laughs> I like, oh, right. <laughs> I I do not think that that happens anymore. <laughs> 90s, 90s, <laughs> right? Good old days. If yep. the good old days were, were alive now and I still had my cell and I still had a functioning cell phone at that point, I would have been like, yo, everyone, oh five God. bucks, come over here. Anyways, anyways, uh, you're a Minnesota Aurora coach, gaffer. Um, shadowed, um, shadow people or shadow, I shadow folks in Gotham FC. I thought I, I literally don't know much about this, but maybe, maybe Bridget can, uh, can elaborate a little bit more. Um, yeah, I, I haven't been able to talk to, talk to them and, and see what all, like how this came about, but, uh, yeah, she, she was able to go like essentially train with shadow, uh gotham city um and kind of see how they run their training and um kind of see how they're how they're working things at the next right. level up in nwsl so i think that's really cool it looks like um uh juan Moros and his staff uh were able to welcome nicole um and you know, just let them let them observe a training session in a sense, right? Uh, and and learn what they learn. I think that's awesome. I, honestly, I wish there was more of that. Um, in a sense, specifically because there's that correlation between what's considered professional and what's you know considered you know semi-pro in a sense, right? Or right, yeah. And there is like you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't see Las Vegas. You know, coming to shadow. Minnesota United or, you know, uh, New Mexico common shadow Minnesota United for a trading session. Right. Or, you know, that, that lack of aspect of connection and community, I think it's huge. And I think that's, and it's, know, a, I mean, we, we've seen her posts from like conferences as well. Like W leagues is getting really involved in some of these, uh, like the coaching summits that NWSL has, we, we see 
similar from MLS, but it's more like a, a conference meeting where all the coaches and the league people are there. But, um, you know, they kind of learn from there's so many uh, ranges of backgrounds within the coaching ranks of both of these leagues. But I think they really get to kind of learn from each other. And I think that's my assumption is that that's how this came about. Um, the Gotham folks were probably at one of those as well. And, and we're able probably to say like, yeah, instead of, instead of just us talking about it, like come see in person, like see it for yourself from on the ground. Yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to connect with them and, and uh, get a little more information on that and how that all happened. Not only that, can you, can, you can also see the coach. Uh, I don't know if you've caught this, but like in some of the MLS games, um and like some of the commercials she pops in as a promotion for uh Invergrove Heights uh Jettas or being her Volkswagen so I, I've been oh yeah I've, I've been enjoying that too <laughs> get my feet in there as well too uh that's um all I ha we have for Wilso news um uh, and so do we just want to go ahead and and uh and jump to something that's going to depress us for a while yeah or? we well we haven't done a uh this week in racism in a while so we'll just throw these two together even though we're kind of doing a, a national and international um i'll, I'll actually i'll throw to bridget you, and maybe because because you mentioned off air that these two kind of connect so I'll, i will let you uh do that connection and form that narrative and let listeners know what is happening uh so mls fans probably saw last night um kind of a bizarre situation with red bulls playing San Jose, um, 21 minutes of added time uh, was put on the clock at the end of that game. Um, and if you were not watching, like most of us, because we were watching the Minnesota United game. Yeah, we um, should be watching that game. Yes, <laughs> we should have been watching the other one. Um, so it, you would think maybe it was like a serious injury or something like that. But what actually happened was a... Uh, a slur was reported to the official um, by Jeremy Bobasi of San Jose. Um, and afterwards, he said that it wasn't directed at him, um, but he heard it. He reported it. Um, the officials all kind of conferred and spoke with the coaches and, and, and discussed the whole thing. Um, player in, in question was Dante Soraya, one of, one of the newer guys for Red Bull. I think he's a DP. Um, so they go into like 15 minutes discussing this, talking about it, figuring out what they're going to do. For whatever reason, he's not shown a car or anything. He stays in. Struber keeps him in. Um, the official of them, you know, after after saying they weren't going to do anything because they didn't really have enough evidence, uh, you know, they'll, they'll investigate it later, but like play on. Um, but then they ended up extending that, that stoppage time by like five, 10 minutes so that all of the players could like cool off and, and like be ready to go in and play a game. Um, when really you probably could have given the dude a yellow card and, yeah, uh, like, so or a red card, just send him off and be done with it and continue with your game instead of giving 10 minutes for the other side. Um, and from the reports that I've seen, uh, 
a lot of the the Red Bull players were seemed a bit upset with him um, and weren't really like rushing to his defense um, with with mm. referees. Um, so body language says a whole lot about the situation. Um, but afterwards, um, and I'll have to pull up the quote again here, but Ibo uh, had said, you know, this this is what it's what it's like when you're black and reporting these things. Like you have to be right. Um, because people are going to, uh, people are going to question anything if, if it's not like on camera and right. on microphone. Um, sorry, of course the cat would jump up right now and start screaming at something in the yard. Guess <laughs> <laughs> going, no to racism. That's what yes. Yeah. Well, we, we, we talked about this, uh, uh, before we started too, and it, it's, it's deeply frustrating when you take this much time too, 15 to 20 minutes, like you were saying, and, and there's no consequence. I mean, what's the point? I, I don't know what's worse if, if, if it just slides and they keep playing or if, if they actually stop and they're like, oh, and you get, you get people's hopes up, right? right. You're like, oh, cool, something's actually going to happen and then nothing fucking and, happens. And like, then for the league on. to put out their statement right away that says we have zero tolerance for this behavior. And yet, well, clearly you tolerated it because. Right. Nothing changed after this 20 minutes of like you stopped play for 20 minutes and did nothing. So obviously you're tolerating it. If you're giving the other players time to like cool off because you did nothing. What, yeah. what are we doing? Here, here's what a couple of things. Are we doing? Here's yeah. a couple of things that I, that I, I, I thought, I mean, I watched the, the MLS uh, recap showcase um, they did a really good job of just talking overall, explaining what the situation is. Um, you know, there was a foul from a San Jose player to, to a Red Bull player. It's like kind of like a high kick. Um, it was then when the words were exchanged and this and this alleged player said those things. And literally, it obviously just explodes. And the whole, the whole like San Jose bench just literally, like players just literally, it just be, literally became just like offensive. And like you said, the body language tells everything, right? Like I didn't see any Red Bull players just, you know, totally coming to his defense, but just pushing him away and, and trying to situation. My concern is mostly is that, um, you know, how many more of these times we have to be and how many times do we have to expect um, BIPOC players, but specifically black players to be Preach. The, the, the ones that, that have to act and have to report and have to be, as Bobasi said in his in his in his interview afterwards, have to be perfect in that situation, yep. because if if not, you know, the 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 doubt of that it happening is is in it. And I think there's a difference, also, and I don't know because I'm not a professional player, but there's a difference when like you have fans that pay the money in the stadium and say nasty stuff to you, right? But when it's when it's someone in the same pitch as you are, right, that that was able to 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 get there in some sort of way and maybe relate more to different things, say that that's just, that's, that's horrible. And what needs to happen is if the MLS is really like into like, yeah, this is, this is zero tolerance. Let's see a zero tolerance, um, you know, uh, punishment, right? Mm-hmm. 10 games, 15 games, right? Uh, more than that, whatever, whatever you, whatever, but it has to be a message that says, yeah, we, we don't we don't we don't mess with this. We're not going we're not going to accept it. And I think that's that's where it goes. And we'll see. We'll get more information. 
But at the same time, like give the ref, give the, give the, give the coach the option. He's like, this player is officially caused a problem. We can't verify if he said it or not. Coach, would you like to sub this player? Right. For the beneficial, the aspect of changing the atmosphere, right. To getting rid of what's considered to be the problem. And I don't know if that, that, that's an option at all. And I think uh, Christina Uncle, who was part of the MLS Showcase, explained what the what the process is, and it's really interesting to hear that part uh, because they 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 do talk about the fact that they act they have access to audio from boom mics and all the different things. So then it's like, so it shouldn't be that hard to uh, verify if this was said or not. And like we've had in other situations, the instances which our own players have been involved with, but also other 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 games where. No one tells us what is what what are what are the options or what is the process, and so. And which that's one of the first things that came to mind for me because this is Ipobasi who was playing for Portland <laughs> at that time, and was there on the pitch when that happened uh, at a certain game with a certain Minnesota United player. Um, uh, one of the one of the things he says here. This is from goal. No, this is the Daily Mail version, but they pulled the quote from the, the post-match. The racist, this is Ibobisi, the racist remark was said, I do not believe it was to me. I can feel pretty comfortable saying, but the word, um, but the word was used. From there, anyone can make any sort of inference as to what it was aimed at. That's what the investigation can get to. Uh, but it is important we dig out all of the facts. I want to be as open as possible. There's a lot of uncertainty here. I want to respect what will hopefully be a robust investigation, a difficult situation. I'm grateful I was with my teammates. Um, He did say, uh, what is important for me to share is that I know what I heard and the reason why I felt after a lengthy conversation that we should continue with the game. So they were given the option to stop the game. Um, and San Jose elected to continue. Um, we should continue with the game because the player who said the word claimed it was not aimed at any of us. Uh, whether that's a good faith comment or not, uh, we shall see as the investigation goes on, but a difficult moment where players were put in charge have to manage all sorts of emotions because the system is not robust enough. I think what is important is that the team was united and that goes from top to bottom coaches to players. This, this is Ibobasi talking. Yep. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That guy is so damn smart. He's so well-spoken. Right. No, not only that. I mean, and I think, and I think that's, I mean, he's part of the, the black players for change, right? He's, he's a spokesperson for um, so many aspects of, of the team and, and the game. Could have been Minnesota United. (laughs) Excuse me. Something in my throat Um, there. (laughs) Yeah, that guy. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's – if if it's going to be anyone on the pitch, I I think he's the one you want, and he's the one that you're going to believe. Um, There are quite a few, I mean, but but he's been pretty vocal (laughs) about about these things in general. And, and this goes back to what what I said earlier and what he probably said in a, in a different interview, but like the fact that, that we're, we're, we're applauding the fact that he's, that he's uh, well-spoken, but that's because he has to be. He exactly. To be. Yeah. 
right? Because not only is his position with the Black Players Coalition, because but every also, word that he every word that he says is going to be picked apart. Exactly, white yep. players, white right. Pundits, white so he doesn't get to, to be human. And his the, the Raw's reaction that you saw was if you get to watch the replays is what he was on the field, and I think that needs to be warranted as well. As I think yeah. he's like, look, look, he he reacted the, the same way. And you know he's trying to be human, you know, and I th and I think that's the one thing is like that's that's one of the conversations that needs to be had is is regarding to yes we know this is part of the game yes is an ugly part of the game, but why is it that black players mostly have to take the front frontal like first line of defense exactly yeah yeah to be able to yeah. speak about something it shouldn't be have to be him who goes to right the, exactly goes to the ref and says right hey Carrying. i heard this Carrying um, all that credit yeah. credit to luchi gonzalez um he looked great by the way yes he there's this photo from the press conference he, he looks <laughs> oh very, yeah uh, no take a shot very composed and um oh no he had uh, like this he, little like um like you know those uh was it cream color like light jackets but it has the little hoop buttons a, on the top it's a, I it's mean, a cardigan around it's oh, a cardigan. Well, it's a cardigan. There you go. <laughs> um, so Lucci in his cardigan said uh, he did ask Gerhard Struber to substitute the player in question. Mm, interesting. Um, and clearly Struber did not. Um, but Lucci adds, when I listen to my players in terms of what was said or not said, uh, my screen just reloaded. Sorry. Um <laughs> Well, I was gonna say, I was gonna say if, if one of you wants to connect this to what happened in Italy, because I, I know you, you all mentioned there was a connection with Lukaku, and I'm digging as you're talking, trying to see. Um, Brasileirão actually starts next week, and I haven't seen yeah. a lot of news what's what's happening with the new law. Um, so I'm trying to see if I can get, find some updates there as well, just to kind of package all this together. But I'm gonna keep digging. Whoever wants to take Lukaku. Yeah, no, I, I think um, Christian Espinoza scores the. The goal for uh, San Jose after this whole um, drama, which is around the 80th minute, and then does the Lukaku salute, right? Um, that he's known for, um, and I think that was a that was a bid because earlier um, in this week, um, we'll talk about it. Uh, Lukaku was 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 in a situation where like there was racist chance towards him. He opted to be human. And got a red card for it, and I think uh, you know that seems to be the 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 theme for for right now, and that's and, and that's the the crazy thing. So Juventus hit with partial stadium closure after racist abuse of Lukaku, right? Um, and and <clears throat> excuse me, um, because uh, you know because of the striker Romelu Lukaku was racially abused during Tuesday's Coppa Italia semifinal, and I think that's the thing. It's like, this is not new, right? We we all talked about, and me and Eric talked about, Serie, Serie A is trash in a sense of, like, you know, like, fan base and all the other stuff. This is something that's going to continue to happen. No one really wants to do anything about it. FIFA says they're going to sanction people. I have yet to see anything whatsoever. Um, you know, they, they pay closer to cheating scandals, right? Financial scandals, yeah. and they actually play, pay attention to this type of uh, situation. But... Lukaku has been the point of abuse for a long time now. <laughs> and so, like, and, and the thing is, like, what, at what point are you going to ask this human being not to be human, 
right? And be be the better person, right? Uh, and so that was one of the things that that kind of needs to be, you know, is tied to this. But not only that, right? I mean, this is the 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 switch. Not only we're we talking about MLS, we're talking about Serie A, but then we're also talking about what happened um, recently in the uh, Wolves versus Chelsea match in the EPO. Three three fans were arrested over homophobic chants at Wolves versus Chelsea, right? Um, three people were arrested in connection with homophobic and discriminatory chants during the Wolverhampton Wanderers and Chelsea on Saturday. Uh, both teams condemned the chants directed at Chelsea supporters during the game, which the host was one one nothing. You know, there's statements and all this other stuff, but like, um, it's just it's just one of these things where like, seriously, like it's not just one. One one thing. It's just one. It's not a. It's an epidemic worldwide, and that's the thing that I'm trying to figure yep. out. When are we going to do that? And people and people claiming that it's opinion and um, free speech when there's very clearly a difference between uh, opinions and rights uh, and you know what's wrong. Like you don't you don't have to support somebody, but you don't. That do, also doesn't give you an excuse to uh, to verbally abuse. Um, yeah. or do anything like the, this. The, the key word of racist attack is both racist and attack. There's there's two yeah, key exactly. words. It's exactly. it's a violent act. Even even if even if you don't mean it this way, like and, and we've talked about that before. Even even when you can identify um, that someone said it, uh, and and like Ibosi is saying here, like it wasn't directed at a specific person, but does that mean that it loses? Um, does that mean it's taken as less than? It's still it's still a verbal attack if it's not, um, you know, if you're not pointing at somebody and saying it directly to their face, you're still saying yeah. it out loud. And Ebobacy is not even comfortable saying, like repeating the word. We don't know what the word was. We can probably guess, but right. we don't know. Um, but, it, and we've heard before with even uh, here at Allianz Field, we've heard, uh, chance where people are questioned later and they say, well, that's not what I meant. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> like, yeah. go go Fair do much. your thing. Go support your team like this, whatever. Well, well to zoom <laughs> out now and to look at a potential policy that may actually do something. Um, I, I, I was scrolling through everything. I spent a good two or three minutes, well, more than that, like five minutes actually on Sebiefi's website. I was trying to find a, a concrete article laying things out and I did not succeed in that. Well, apparently, the the uh, the new policy actually started about a month ago when Copa do Brasil started. So it's it's on, it's implemented. Um, I think we'll see more of it starting next week once league play actually starts, and then might actually see some concrete things if they happen. Actually, you know, have to be dealt with for the first time. Um, but then I, I I still see conflicting headlines here. Um, this, these are mostly from February twenty three. ESPN says, you know, they are punishing uh, racism with point deductions, but then Reuters puts in the, the, the important word may punish acts, you know, and then other one says they're Sky Sports to punish point deduction. And then again, they could punish. Says, so, so it seems like there's still a little bit of, uh, I don't know, vagueness with, within a lot of the reporting. Um, so I, I guess that's where I'm at. It, it, on one hand, it sounds like it's in. 
but it has not been uh, has not been tested yet. I guess is the way to look at it. So we will uh, we'll certainly obviously pay attention to that because once league play starts, then it's really going to be pushed. I think if things start, you know, considering the way last season and and even before that, the way things tend to go, there's these things happen, Bridget, as we know. Sadly, unavoidable. But at least from what I can gather, it is it's active and on the books. So well, we shall we'll see. see what happens, right? I exactly. Mean, give it give it at least five match days, and we'll see what. what yeah, and 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 honestly, considering what can happen in Copa do Brasil, the fact there haven't been any incidents in Copa do Brasil yet is kind of incredible. So good on them. Um, let's go to the match yesterday. Uh, Chicago hosted Minnesota United. I, for, for no real good excuse, I just kind of forgot. It's like, all right, there's a match. So by the time I tuned in, it was already, uh, it was already two nil Chicago. So I will throw to YouTube for the first, I don't know, 45 minutes or so the first half. Uh, what kind of happened here? I mean, uh, I, I know that, uh, Kai Kamara got some, got some sweet, Adrian Heath revenge, but uh, what what led up to that? I mean, the first twenty minutes, it, it seems somewhat as as always it is like each team is testing each other out. But I think Chicago is just was just really um, taking out spaces in the midfield, like press pressuring and all the other kind of stuff, and you know. Um, Kai Kamara's first goal was a deflection, right? Um, but it was it you know was warranted. Go ahead. I actually watched it. He the it's Lawrence, right? He does not touch it. Actually, he does not. Nope. Well, sadly, he was a deflection, but you there, may be right. I, I mean, it looked like it. It looked like it. I saw it from a bunch of different angles because he was trying to get in there and like block it, but it actually never touches his foot. It never touched him, but I think it touched Tapias. His heel. Oh, I think it that's came a off possibility. Of heel, yeah. and then it went. And then it I guess I wasn't even Lawrence. looking at that one. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, it, it's quick, but uh, Tapius gets his heel in there, and it, I think it's a flex off of there. Um, either way, Kai Kai got credited. With he did. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was close. Um, it, it was one that shouldn't have happened. I mean, like we said, it splits Tapius, it splits Lawrence, uh, and I believe Boxy was was right in there too. Um, and same with the second one, Boxy was the only one to track back into the box. Yep. And everyone else, like Kai, is completely unmarked. Like no one, yeah. no one is paying any attention to the, to the guy. That right. second goal was uh, fire. That was, yes. I mean, that was pun intended. Goal. Pun intended. Yeah, I mean, that, that was a gorgeous diving <laughs> header. Uh, yeah, Get out you, of here. You can't even, you can't even be mad about about no. that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, the it's the same stuff, right? Like we, he went back to the four two three one. Lude was was back in. Uh, recovered from his illness post international duty. Um, maybe not fully recovered. Seems a little slow, a little off. Um, but when you're playing with a squad that has done well in a 4-4-2 and now goes back to the 4-2-3-1, depending on the midfield, um, with players who, I mean, this is Heath reverting to the, I want this to work this way, so this is how we're going to do it. Um, yep. And this is what happens like we've seen many other times before. Um, and it, it was just a mess. Yeah, the first 20 that, you know, you can tell they're kind of working things out. And 
And a Chicago team without Shakiri is very similar to a Minnesota United squad in general. Um, so there's going to be a bit of that back and forth. Uh, I was texting with a few Chicago friends before, and and I had said, like, hope you have fun, hope you don't win, but also <laughs> it could easily be a draw. I actually owe someone a dollar because I bet it would be a draw. Um, but we were all saying, like, this is every potential to be like an accidental win <laughs> for either side. Like either one could just luck into a goal. Um, and that was exactly the Kai Kamara first goal. Uh, a second goal was certainly not luck. That was all Kai. Um, well, the cross again, is beautiful too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gutierrez is yes, crazy, you. but um, yeah, you don't need Shakiri when you've Gutierrez in there next to Kai. Oh Kamara. yeah, that that kid looks um, amazing. Seriously. Yeah. His and first and going back like... to yeah, going back to uh this week in racism for a second, Kai Kamara does the same salute and shush face uh at towards the bench. And a few people were saying, Well, that's that's really a big shot at at Adrian Heath and, yeah. and Minnesota United, but then uh, he actually posted on Twitter this morning, like just to be clear that it had nothing to do with my goal. It had nothing to do with who we were playing. That's for my brother, Lukaku. Solidarity. And Lukaku, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyone who was kind of thinking maybe his ego got the best of him against Minnesota United, nothing to do with that. Um, I mean, but, <laughs> I mean, he, but I mean, I'm sure there were like, he did he did spend quite a bit of time like when after the game when they were shaking hands he did spend quite a bit of time with the technical staff like i gave a couple hugs and like stood there chatting and and joking he was smiling uh none of the coaches he was talking to were necessarily (laughs) looked happy but (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i i wish there was a microphone right there some of the interactions during the game like you know boxy patting him you know after a yeah like it's so it's it's the the, the mutual respect is there yep Um, but for some reason i had completely forgotten about wyatt Olmsberg. and then like second he just goes in he just goes in and smokes somebody i was like oh yeah that guy um but he like Dude, oh, he gets a yellow right after bat. Yeah, too. yes, yes. He's looking like boxy though. Like he's he's got the the box wall build now, and like, um. Oh yeah. Yeah, solid, a solid dude. And and they were, he and Fraga got into it a few times. That was entertaining towards that the end funny. before Fraga was subbed out. Um, I was kind of expecting another Fraga yellow card like against Almsberg, but um, been funny. But against the guy that's overall, like three feet taller than him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Franco Pilot doesn't care. No. Like, like and he like great he was, for your UFC he was match shrugging. Sense, he was right? doing like he was doing the whole like hand waving yeah. thing like like Calvo, but you know, in uh, anger and not, you know. Overall, I, I, I like, that was, but I, I was gonna I say think, I have an association in my head with Alex Schieffer Decker always in and Omsberg, whatever I hear Omsberg, I think he's he, he loved that dude so much. Anyway, go over there. Dude, he's no. yeah, he's he's I, I just I just think overall, like, you know, um congratulations to Kai Kamara who moves up in this MLS scoring list. Um yeah, he's what number three, three behind. Three yeah, he's behind, like one behind uh, Landon, right? He's like Yeah, he's Donovan right and uh and Wando. Wando, Wando thank yeah. you. Yeah, mm-hmm. but Wando's like another twenty goals. Over yeah, he's, though, he's so. up there. So it'll be a little bit, but I would bet he he gets right, maybe halfway between Lando and Wando. Well, yeah, l- let I me ask you guys this: 
before we get into the second half, because I mean, you, you kind of alluded to it already, uh, Bridget, but it, it seems like, so the first 15, 20, everybody's feeling everybody out and, you know, somewhat similar and equal teams, but at, at some point before the goal and then throughout the rest of the match, it seems like Chicago really figured out the Minnesota United midfield and, and maybe it was Lud coming off of his thing and then, you know, getting back into the field of things. I, I, I don't know what the reason is, but it seems like that midfield battle swung to Chicago and then stayed there for 60 minutes. I think it was the, that Ariaga and trap pairing doesn't seem to work all that well in a four, two, three, one. So it was kind of just a mess back there. Like getting into Minnesota's third was incredibly easy because you have all these guys who are trying to track forward um, and no one like, for all the talk of a double pivot, there was no pivoting happening there. Like, yeah. um, they had a baked in the, were, in the title there. They were both kind of, <laughs> they were both kind of just running forward, and not running back, and and getting beat. And uh, I, I think trap passed to, uh, passed to Gutierrez a couple times, but um, I did notice a lot of takeaways and giveaways. Uh-huh, yes, uh huh. And so I think it was. It was a total breakdown of some of the passing that we've yep. like we've talked about poor passing percentage. But through the midfield, there have been some really good, like, short passes just to get it through the midfield and get into some decent positioning, whether offensively or defensively. Mm-hmm. And that was gone last night. Like, there was none of that whatsoever. Um, so any giveaway just turned into Chicago sprinting through the midfield completely yeah. unmarked and everyone just, like, watching. Um, okay. And and when Minnesota had the ball, Chicago is right there, like – it's 1v1s all over the place, 1v1, 2v1, 3v1. Anytime a Minnesota player had the ball, Chicago gets the ball, and everyone kind of watches, but, like, stands back, like, okay, let's let's see where this goes and who hmm. gets there first and whatever. Um, it was pretty passive mm-hmm. through that, and, and even into the second half. Yep, um, yep. And Amaria, pretty pretty passive up front as well. I think that's one of the reasons why we have a 4-2-3-1 so then Amarilla is removed from the offense and doesn't get us into any um, at least that's yeah. what I'm trying to give credit for he to just he has to play Amarilla for oh, he has reason. to be up front? Yeah. He has to be all the way up top so just leave him but alone then on the island. Well, but then he's like 20 yards behind all yeah, no. the midfielders. I, like Fragapane is up there right in front of goal and, yeah, and Amari is trying to pass why. it to him from like midfield. It's like, dude, like Yeah. So the thing is why Mender is playing better than Amarilla, and that's obvious. Yep. yep. So why why not start him is my question. And, and why hold him until like the 80th minute when you're yeah, eighty like, eighth yeah. minute? Like it, mm. it he got a whole seven minutes on the pitch um, and they were down two weird. one. So like if, if you're not parking the bus and he, and he did not make uh, the type of subs to just park the bus and hold them to two goals, he was trying to make like attacking subs um, sent in uh, saying Ben Zhang and he's fast. He, he's going to be fun to watch. Um, Dotson was in there too. Dotson got in there too. Uh it's just, yeah. I mean, it's not even striker island anymore because the, no, it's not. that would imply that they're in a spot that 
hmm. like stranded somewhere and he did not strand himself. He just kind of removed himself completely. Let from me the talk situation. briefly about the uh, Minnesota goal. So in the 57 minute, it's, it's Ariaga takes a, a free kick, put, puts, puts some good zip on it, some good power. Uh, but I mean, let's be real. This is a keeper howler from the, uh, the youngster, the 19 year old. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so seriously, two accidental goals in this game. Yep, <laughs> yep correct. 100%. 100%. Totally. He, he gets his hands I mean, on it. Like, Kevin looks I, surprised. Like, oh. Yeah, well, I thought he didn't. was going to, like, you know, do the, do the gotcha. double hand, yeah. like, shot yep. or the uh, slap or whatever. And, it, and yeah. for whatever reason, the put double some, hands go up. And it's like spin on it. Yes. Like, his wrists go back, and he's like, that's not what I want to happen. And the ball just goes right over. And the, and the commentary, like, Kendra and Kevin Egan are both like, what just happened there? Yeah. Let's let's can we zoom in? Like, what did the ball do? Like, yeah, what? what it, was the ball that? just doesn't move at all. I mean, it, it, this is a, this is a opportunity, and I'm going to try to find out if I can if I can talk to the Chicago Fire uh, technical staff and email them YouTube videos of Renegi to scorpion kick. This was a perfect opportunity to do a mm. scorpion kick, and it probably would have been more effective than putting two hands. <laughs> yeah. I do love the scorpion kick. Um, 71st minute, uh, Minnesota United was very lucky. Uh, uh, Kai Kamada could have got his hat trick. Um, was it Gutierrez again that blows through? I can't remember I who, think who so, takes yeah. off. I think, I think it was, yeah. yeah it's this great amazing. through ball. Oh, he, he smoked like uh, – I'm trying to think who was on the opposite side there. Um, who's, who was on the right? Uh, it was Boxall uh, and – go ahead. Taylor. Okay, yeah, just leaves him in the dust. The Completely yep. just torches him and basically gets a, a, a 1v1 or a 2v1, I guess it is. Then he passes it off to, uh, to Kai at the last second, who somehow, I mean, that's the 1v1. And then he, mm-hmm. he sets it just wide, but that could have been the, that could have been a big one. And then we should mention 85th as things are closing out. There's mass chaos in the box. I, I watched it a few times. I'm still not sure exactly what happened, but the, the yep, kid again, the 19 year old, whiffs a couple times. The ball's bouncing around. Nobody can get on it. At one point, um, he, he's so far out of his line, but like I, two of the Chicago defenders were smart. They immediately go behind to like, you know, was, try and back him sure up. It was, yeah, I was sure it was going to just like deflect off of one of their backs oh, at one point, it, though. Like, it was a mess. I don't, mess. Know, how they, I I don't know. know how they managed to clear that, but exactly. But um, they did. Some lucky bounces for Chicago in, the, in that moment, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So there you yeah. go. Uh, two to one Chicago is your final. Uh, Kai looked kind of upset when he was pulled off. He was absolutely hoping for that hat trick. Oh, was, so close. He was not happy to leave. Well, I mean, at least, at least, you know, not only does he move up on the list, but he also doubled his total of scores, of goals that he had with Minnesota. Yeah. United, he, so. Yeah. So last That's week, incredible. he, last week, he becomes the first player to score for 10. MLS teams also a huge stat <laughs> a single goal was for Minnesota United which mm-hmm. I knew I remember he didn't score much but I could have sworn it was more than one and then I saw all the numbers I was like 10 3 5 8 15 1 <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Minnesota United uh, lose their their hot streak of being undefeated uh, I, I'll be honest I did not expect it to go to Chicago but in a way I was thinking about this because we'll talk about it. If it's going to be anyone, it may as well be Chicago and Eastern Conference side. This is where I'm going because LAFC remain undefeated. Cincinnati do as well. And they're going to play LAFC. And I think 
I think the psychology of getting that loss out of the way rather, rather than having Minnesota undefeated versus right. LAFC undefeated, I think that would yeah. just absolutely yeah. destroy the team mentally. Yep. <laughs> so at least it's out there and now they can just keep going, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Right, right. Lose to lose to another team and 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 that way it softens the and, 16-0 that you that LAFC <laughs> might just Double digits, and if and the next one's going to be Orlando, so another Eastern Conference side, and yeah, get all get all of the uh, the issues out of the way, work out the kinks as you work some of the new guys in there, and and figure yes. out where everyone's going to be uh, now that everyone is back and everything seems relatively solid in terms of roster and lineup. So, yep. Um, LAFC oh. looked amazing. They smoked Austin 3 0 and hat trick. That dude is just God, absolutely on fire. I'm fire. He's so good. He's so good. He, I don't think he's going to be around for much longer. <laughs> this is going to be people calling. Um, His Cincinnati. Third goal? Oh, my God. The third goal where he, like, at no angle touches it. On- oh, that was awesome. I had to watch that one a few times. I'm I like, was like, How? what is going How? on? Geometry lesson. It's like, it's like, I was like, holy cow. Was like, that was just impressive. I mean, let, yeah, let's let's finish up MLS since we're oh, it was just we're yeah. talking about. We could, we could yeah. do it. We could talk more about that. That just that one goal. At first, I thought it was trying to cross it, and I watched it more. And I was like, oh no, that is completely deliberate. He knows exactly <laughs> what he's doing. Unbelievable. Yeah, Cincinnati also won, so they remain undefeated. So we're down to two undefeated teams, which is still pretty impressive. Getting you know, this is week what seven, week eight, seven, right? Seven. That's 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 pretty cool to still have two teams like that. Uh, on opposite sides, nonetheless. Um, the other one I want to highlight was Seattle Sounders hosting uh, St. Louis City, and yes, Minnesota stripped them of their of their undefeated status. But I, I just put in here reality check for for St. Louis City. Like it was nil nil when I tuned in right before halftime, and then you can see all the goals: sixty six, seventy one, eighty nine. Like you know, Schmetzer does his his who knows what halftime speech and wakes everybody up and just like, come on guys, let's shift into fifth. And they do three nil, three goals in the second half. Just uh, that was, awesome. that was a lot of fun. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to speak about the fact that, you know, over these last, what, five, maybe three, three match days, there's been so many red cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm, so I mean, many. Yeah. And multi- Atlanta multiple United games had one. where there's like two. Yeah. Atlanta United had one. I was like, wow, that's great. Um, the Houston Dynamo and LA Galaxy, that game was freaking bonkers. Yeah, How you guys are like, talking about that before. Tell, tell me what happened. I didn't get a chance to see that. So there's a VR, to start off, there's a, a VR um, um, situation, right? Um, and the LA, LA Galaxy, uh, the LA Galaxy, um, Defender um, just walks over with the referee and watches, like, watches over the his shoulder. <laughs> like, and Lenny leaning on his shoulder, kind of watching the whole thing. Like, like he, he, like, he, I think like, he even like reaches out and pokes him in the back at one yeah. point. Like, he's trying this to get is like, this is like Uruguayo style. Like, that the Uruguayan national team is like set the yeah. standard, I think. Uh-huh. No, I mean, like, and I you can, and you can, gonna... like. On that camera angle, you can see the little sign above the monitor that's like secure space for officials or whatever. It's nice. just hanging like, out. <laughs> right. Oh, and that, and that was the thing, though, is like it's it's just one of these things where you're like, oh, 
you know you're not supposed to do that right and like no one in the galaxy decided to be like yeah let's 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 help yeah, he our team out and not he not was help all alone over there he they're all like, by himself <laughs> like he goes out out of his way he touches him and then he gets mad that he gets a yellow and then a red card yeah, for doing he that. looks all surprised oh, and, and the ref, to, like ref, does his face doesn't even change. He just turns around and is like yellow, red. Okay, back to VAR. Wow, I love it. I'm gonna have to look that one up. Right, that's good stuff. Yeah, and Hector Herrera comes back for the Houston Dynamo. He scores two, and then in the 95th minute, he gets a red card. <laughs> so, so if it was real Uruguayo energy, though, like after getting that red card, he would have picked up the VAR machine and like thrown it across and like yeah, shattered probably. it or something like that. Right. That's that's the yeah. next step. You got to get to right. that next step. You got to get that next step, right? Yep, yep. Awesome, cool. Well, a a fun match week there. Well, not so much for Minnesota, but you know, some some interesting things for sure. Um, again, we take a break and do some international stuff. Sound good to you? All? Yeah. All right, we will be back. Stick around. Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be dreaming because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota football show. And welcome back to the second half of the Minnesota football show. It's international news section. And Eric, what do we have for us? Well, let's start with some CONCACAF Champions League uh, on Tuesday. We had uh, the Philadelphia Union hosting Atlas. They had a big win, 1-0. Uh, obviously not a, a high-scoring game, but just being able to defeat a Liga MX man. I just like stumbled all through that. <laughs> to <laughs> defeat a Liga, yeah, Liga MX team uh, at home is always big uh, and gives them momentum for the next leg, so good for them. And then the, uh, the super underdogs this entire tournament has been Violette from Haiti. Uh, they kind of also had their reality check playing Leon, Leon hosting. Um, Bridget, you'll, you'll see the screenshot here, the 62nd minute, I took this thing and it was one nil Leon. Well, in the next uh, 28 minutes, Leon put up four more goals <laughs> for, <laughs> for a score of five nil. <laughs> so it's gonna be, I'm gonna say impossible for, uh, for Violette to kind of come back and, and, and advance in this thing. But just the fact that they made it this far, considering all the things we've talked about happening in the country, happening with the team. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's a kind of a beautiful Cinderella story and, and really a special thing for a lot of the Haitian supporters and fans to like watch their team go. Yeah. This deep. So good stuff there. Um, on Wednesday, Motagua hosted Tigres. Tigres won that match one nil. And then we had a, the first clash there. I have a feeling there will be more of the MLS teams playing one another in the, in the tournament here, Vancouver hosted LAFC. As we previously alluded to LAFC are on a tear kind of regardless of where they're playing and who they're playing. Uh, they beat Vancouver three nil pretty convincingly. Um, I have a feeling when they flip it and they host, they're probably going to rest some people and maybe even shoot for a draw or something like that. They, they don't have to really stress out having three goals. I think, I, can, I think we can be confident and call it that LAFC are going to go through <laughs> to the to the semifinal, Bridget. <laughs> I, I think that's a pretty good bet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hi, this is Justin Paul. I'm thankful for Eric and the crew to allow me to speak on issues of interest to me in Europa and Conference League. Uh, my team, Fenerbahce, did not advance in Europa, going out to Sevilla. We have a history with them in that we uh, beat them 15 years ago in the Champions League round of 16 on penalties in the second leg in southern Spain. This time, did not get that far as um, not enough quality in leg two. Uh, on, uh, good chances, good possession, but not enough finishing one PK by Intervalencia was not enough to to to, to stop the, the nil two margin, and this led to a bit of a hangover in the league. As then we lose one four at home to Besiktas, one of our two big city rivals, a man up. Uh, Intervalencia missed a PK that would have put us at two goals up, and then Besiktas pump uh, uh, Fenner for four. Mini crisis in Kavikuri as uh, Jorge Jesus's team, uh, you know, were nine points back of Galatasaray and. Uh, this could be nine years without a title unless something changes uh, very soon. Uh, Man U did beat the other team from the city of Seville, beating uh, uh, Real Betis. I have some Man U fans supporting friends here for their Columbus Red Devils fan club. I said, you guys take care of uh, the Beticos. We'll take care of Sevilla. Well, they did their job if we didn't do ours. Um, sporting Lisbon, of course, triumphed over Arsenal. Amazing result for a non-Big 5 league. Union St. Gilles win the Union Derby 3-0, leg two in Belgium over Union Berlin. Uh, and uh, that's even more credible considering how long they've been outside of the Belgian top flight. Something I've mentioned prior. Juventus get by Freiburg. Uh, Freiburg is a city more known for its university than its football team, but they are rising in Germany. But uh, Juve, too much class with Dusan Vlahovic and Ahondi Maria scoring. Roma beat Real Sociedad. Uh, Stefan Alshwarmi, the half-Egyptian Italian international, get with a goal for them. And Feyenoord uh, pumped or uh, thumped Shakhtar Donetsk 7-1. They have some players I track, including uh, Orkun Kokchu, a Dutch-born Turkish international for the Rotterdam side, and uh, an Iranian named Ali Reza Javan uh, Dask uh, also had a goal. And they play, uh, they play Roma next. So we have a rematch of last year's Conference League final that has so much violence in Albania. Uh, as a Europa quarterfinal. Uh, and I'll be cheering for Union St. Gilles to beat Leverkusen. The pharmacy men were able to beat Ferenc Varos, the Hungarian giants, at in front of 50,000 fans at 50,000 fans at the Puskas Arena. Uh, I, I was hoping for the Hungarians, but it didn't, it didn't happen. Um, in Conference League, uh, we had uh, some good results with the hipster derby between uh, Lech Poznan of Poland going over Joy Gordon of Stockholm 5-0. Good crowds, 40,000 in Poznan and nearly 30,000 in Stockholm. Uh, Basel, who had to get by Trabzonspor with all those visiting Turkish fans being like half of their stadium in Switzerland. Now they get by Slovan Bratislava. Late 90 plus three equalizer by Zeki Abduni, a half Turkish, half Tunisian Swiss player. And then they go on to, to beat the Slovaks on PK's 4-1 to quiet the crowd. The, the blue, the light blue clad crowd in the Slovak capital. Uh, West Ham over Iklarnica of Cyprus, no big surprise there. And the Turkish teams did not do what I'd hoped for the Turkish coefficient. Uh, Sivaspor, kind of a lower-ranked team who got it in because they won the Cup last year. They uh, were always going to be a bit outmatched by Fiorentina. They equalized briefly in leg two, but the Tuscans had too much class, winning it 4-1 on leg two. And then uh, we also had... Um, <coughs> um, I'm sorry, Istanbul Basakshi here going out to Ghent in leg two. Uh, Orban, not Victor Orban, not Willy Orban, Hungarian plans for Leipzig, but Gift Orban, a Nigerian starlet with a hat trick for the Belgians. 
I just wish they'd get rid of their um, Native American caricature football logo, but on the pitch, I give them credit for winning against a good Bashakshir here team. And finally, two more scalps. Anderlecht defeat Villarreal Islam Slamani uh, for the Brussels Giants. Gets that goal, the, the winning goal. You may know him as a former Leicester City player. Uh, I know him as a former Fenner player when we had a real bad year under Philip Koku. He was one of the pieces that wasn't fitting him, but he's doing fine in, in Brussels, beating, a, beating helping beat a good La Liga team, so good for him. And Aze Alkmaar beat Lazio, so unless you're an Italian far-right winger, you're not sad about that. Well done for the Dutch team. Uh, not one of the Dutch big three even, but 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 still very good results. So, and uh, their striker's name who got goal both games is Evangelis Pavlidis, a Greek player from Thessaloniki. So, yeah, uh, Conference League, uh, definitely one non-Big Five team will be in the semi as Alkmaar and Anderlecht play each other in the quarterfinal in a little country derby. But it could be anything from, like, um, uh, you know, it, it could be a Fiorentino-West Ham or it could even be Nice, uh, the French team, beat Sheriff Terraspool in their match. And, of course, French clubs have always struggled in Europe. Only two total victories for French teams in European football uh, for titles. But um, maybe Nice can change that by winning on the Riviera. Um, and speaking of women's foot, of, of football and different competitions, it's time, I think, for UEFA to start a women's Europa League. I really am hopeful that, that they would do that. Uh, as I think we need to see more of this, but I, I'm happy with seeing more countries involved as the Champions League is getting more and more predictable. This year, notwithstanding, it's a little bit different with some of the... Uh, 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 although, to be honest, when you have... When it feels like a team like Inter or, or Benfica are playing for their CL lives just to get back in by getting to the quarters, you, you, we still have the hegemony in in the CL despite the fact that the rosters are a bit different this year of quarterfinalists. So I think it's an overall good that UEFA has these multiple competitions, and uh, I just wish they would do that more on the women's side as well. Uh, so that's what, you know, but as we know, change is, change is slow in UEFA. So I'll, th- th- those are my updates. I'll have some stuff to say on Eastern European and Turkish leagues more specifically, maybe in a few weeks if Eric and the crew will indulge me, but that's where we stand now in both the Europa League and the Conference League. Thank you much for your time. Let's see. We got, uh, I'll do Sora Americana now, actually. So, uh, well, I'll do, I'll, I'll tie Goyaz in, in two ways. They, they played the first leg of their state championship last week. Um, we talked about it before we signed off. And they got beat. They, they lost 2-0 to the other uh, Goyaz team there, Atletico Goyanense. And they were resting people because they had the Sora Americana game that same week, which was the right call because they don't always get to play in, in international tournaments. Uh, for listeners that may not know, Sudamericana is like the Europa League of South America, so one tier below Libertadores. Um, but obviously the focus, if you're a team like Goyaz, because it's like, this is the real deal. This is the big tournament. So they played Santa Fe. They hosted Santa Fe from Colombia and tied that match nil-nil, which is great, getting points on the board. It's kind of what you want, even if it's one. Um, so bringing it back to present, today they play the second leg now of the Goiano Championship. So they're down two goals. So the big question is, okay, they, they rested people and focused on the on Sudamericana. Can they now get it together and beat the other Goiano team 3-0 or whatever it's going to take, tie it up to go to PKs to actually pull this thing off being two goals down? I don't know. That's the narrative. Can they do it? But regardless, you know, even if they lose the state championship, you know, it it, it kind of sucks. But also, 
they're playing in an international tournament, which is right. obviously the priority. Yeah. <laughs> um, it'll, it'll be entertaining, at least. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So we got uh, England and Brazil played. We, we, we've been talking about this match for a while. This this was the – oh, they had a name for it. What did they call it? Um, I, I, I lost whatever. The, oh, the finalissima. There it is. Because they were take because they were taking the uh, women's UEFA champions versus the women's Colmebol uh, champs, uh, so Brazil versus England, and just you know it's a money grab, but also like pretty cool, mostly because Wembley Stadium was sold out for a women's match. I think eighty three thousand is what with the capacity there, so absolutely spectacular to see that many people turn out for frankly a match that really doesn't mean anything but just you know why the hell not kind of a thing um england scored early and then towards the very end of the match uh 93rd minute in stoppage time obvious gets her goal for brazil to tie it up 1-1 we go to pk's and england wins 4-2 on penalties from everything that i've heard it was a very entertaining match and a lot of fun and you know what can you say just anytime a women's ma- women's match like that, whether it's there or in uh, Barcelona, these, just just seeing these numbers of 80, 85, 90,000 when when they did the uh, at the uh, Camp Nou and it was just like more people for the women's match than, than any of the Barcelona men's spectacular. He'd love to see it. Anytime people are showing up, it's yeah. positive. Rodrigo is still gone. I thought I should have taken a little bit more time. Um, because we're going to jump into some Libertadores here. I'll, I'll try and slow down a little bit and maybe we can time it. Um, Libertadores just got started and it is a lot of fun. It's still very, very early. Uh, this, is, this is just match week one of, of six. But there were a lot of surprises. Um, I'm not going to zero in on every single match. Um, but I have to talk about talk about the, the the big ones that I certainly didn't see coming and everybody's kind of buzzing about. Uh, the, the short story is a lot of, like, well, the actual finalists of last year was an all-Brazilian final. If uh, you may remember, we talked about it here. It was Palmeiras and Flamengo played in Ecuador. Both of those teams, plus River Plate, also a perennial, at least quarter, usually semi, sometimes just finalists. Like three of the, you know, regular powerhouse teams that always go deep in this tournament. Bridget, they all lost. They were all knocked down. Now, again, like I said, it's early. Lots more matches to go. Things will more than likely stabilize. But at least for now, when you look at the tables, you're just like, what the hell? What's happening here? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> weird because for people like me who don't necessarily follow Libertadores very, very much, those are the names that you recognize that are always exactly. in there. And that's like definition of that tournament um yep, yep. yeah so for all of them <laughs> to, to drop uh, they sure did they sure did here. and I, and what i like to do is kind of zero in on some of these these teams that actually showed up and did their jobs and kind of put them in their place so i'll, I'll start with the strongest the bolivian team that beat river plate three to one uh, the cool thing about well first of all they just played a perfect match um Looked really, really strong, thus the name. But I had no idea. This, this is the trivia thing here. They are the only football team in the world to have a battle named after them. Did you, I mean, I, you know this because I put it into our, our, our Slack earlier, but I'm not sure the listeners yeah. know. 
So if I'm not going to get into the whole Chaco war, it's, there's, it's a lot, <laughs> but it, it was Bolivia versus Paraguay. And then other countries entered. I think at that point it was the, uh, the, like the Vatican controlled Italy sided with Bolivia. And then there was another European nation, uh, Austria, maybe it was that with Paraguay. It was a mess. Um, but what happened is the Bolivian army was still enlisting people like basically like drafting in a way to fight and the entire team of the strongest enlisted. So not just players like staff, 600 people tied to this football club, joined the army, went and fought and actually won this battle. The uh, Batalla de Cañada, they call it, but now it's actually called La Batalla de Cañada Strongest. In history books, like actually in the history books, it's bananas, and 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 they call it the uh, the division of this regiment. They're called the Strongistas because the entire team was fighting. Insane! It's wild, right? I I, I love these little little trivia things. So like, that's, that's what that's I love just about like, yes, like Copa Libertadores, but just overall like small club history from all over the world is just amazing. Mm-hmm. It's my incredible. Mom, to to tell you the truth, my mom is not a strongest uh, fan. When we there you got, go. had a conversation, she's like, I'm the strongest. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. Like, and, and and knowing your mom some, somewhat, considering the political history of this Chaco War, that probably ties into it. It's like, those guys <laughs> fought for my country. <laughs> so, like, yeah. of course, I'm going to back for them. <laughs> but 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 then here's the thing, though. is like Bolivia so far has the two or three teams that, like, have really awesome names. Right. Yep, there's, they, a, there's the a few strongest, of them. and then there's the which one was the All, one that always was, ready, always ready. I mean, <laughs> yep, classic. And you have Bolivar, but it's, but overall, just you know, there's there's the team that's always ready for anything, and then there's yep. the team like, yep, let's go to war. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, badass, absolutely badass. So congrats to them. Um, and then so moving to Wednesday, Flamengo gets knocked out by. Aucas, that also I'm not super familiar with. This is a team from Ecuador. And a little darker here, like um, they're named after the Alca tribe, an indigenous tribe. They call themselves the Huaurani. But their colors, you'll notice, are uh, kind of this yellow and red. And it gets this is where the, it turns to uh, dark capitalism. They are the colors of the Royal Dutch Shell Company, friends and listeners, uh, who apparently started this club many, many years ago. Um, yeah, so that's gross. What, what, what's surprising to me is obviously they're no longer a part of it. I'm like, why, why keep that connection? I mean, maybe it's maybe it's the tradition and not wanting to change the shield, but like, you know, if you're if you're attached to this this deeply corrupt terrible company that has inflicted genocide not just on that country but in many other countries like maybe change the colors i don't know (laughs) having said all that congratulations to alcas probably the biggest win in the club's history to knock off flamengo so good for them um and then that same week you've got our same day rather on wednesday rodrigo mentioned it bolivar also from bolivia they beat down Palmeiras three to one. Your reigning Libertadores champion go down. And the one thing I'll, I'll say about this, I didn't watch, <laughs> none of us ever watch all the press conferences, but I didn't watch many of them. But I did watch a little bit of the Palmeiras one. And what was actually refreshing, 
Rodrigo, we've seen this a million times whenever, especially Brazilian teams, but Argentine, Uruguay, whatever, whenever they go and play in Bolivia, they always complain about what? Altitude. Always. It's been like this for decades. The Palmeiras coach, the, the Portuguese, he said, he said nothing about it. He said, they outplayed us. We were not prepared. I'm upset. The end. Said nothing about altitude, no excuses. So I, well, that's I think a new one. I know. I appreciate that. And it's like maybe they're getting to the point where they realize after decades of doing this that it may not just be the fucking altitude maybe guys. It's them. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Exactly. So that was refreshing. I appreciated that. And I was talking with my other Peruvian homie yesterday, and he's like, Yeah, it's they're they're actually recognizing it. Um so on the other side, things kind of smoothed out. I will say Boca was also held. So they, they tied uh, with Monongas. So they didn't lose. But again, these, these powerhouses are having trouble. Atlético Mineiro also lose to Libertad. Libertad, a very good team from Paraguay. I'm going to bring Rodrigo in now. And also my, my guy, Miguel. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. Uh, FIBC Melgar or Melgar and uh, Olimpia from Paraguay, they tie 1-1. Melgar is a team that I am not familiar with. So I also did some digging and some research here as well. Feel free to chime in, Rodrigo. But from what I learned between you and him is, so Miguel was telling me that, that they are like, you have the big teams in Lima and kind of in the big cities. Right. And you have some other teams in the provincia, as he was saying. And he's like, mm-hmm. Melgar has always been like one the of the big teams, teams right from the provincia. So they don't get a lot of respect. No, Go ahead. no, no, no. Um... Uh, FC Melgar is from Arequipa, so mm-hmm. you know it's one of the beautiful regions of Peru. Um, and um, I mean, their their history is, is is pretty well known. Like, I mean, at least in the essence that they've been around for a while, right? And um, and I think you asked me a question about their their shield, right? I, I did. It's beautiful. It, it's beautiful. It's been renovated, right? Uh, this this one that you're looking at is uh 2016. That's the last time it was, um, should we say, updated? But mm-hmm. just to give you a little bit more, the the black and the red stripes um, is uh, is representatives uh, uh, in honor of Mariano Melgar, which is a poet, a revolutionary, uh, independent uh, who was from Arequipa. The cool. Lira and Laurel, no, um, la uh, the Lira. Um, Hace referencia al poeta, so it's another um, reference to poetry. Y, uh, again, another one for Mariano Melgar. Um, um, there's the name of uh, Arequipa in there, um, in the sense of that. There's two stars now, which is the winning the championships in 1981 and 2015. And there is a soccer ball there, which is you know what the club's about, soccer. So that's that. Well, you didn't mention the one thing that really attracted me to it, and that's the harp. Like whenever there's a musical that's instrument leader, yeah. on a shield, yeah, yeah that, that's what that's what caught my eye. And yeah. we don't know, at least at least between the three of us, exactly why that musical instrument is there. So if listeners know why the harp is there, I would I would love to know. It, I mean, it's it's super cool. It's pretty. Yeah, they're both associated with the poet Mariano Mariano Melgar. I think that's what my understanding okay. is. So. Um... And I think it has to do a reference to the instrument being used in uh, is it Roman mythology or Greek mythology? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's interesting. That's my understanding. So yeah, 
I love it. I mean, it's 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 a really cool school. Um, so so there we are. I mean, the the first week just kind of a topsy turvy. Who knows what's happening in Libertadores? But it's it's super fun to see these other teams get get big wins on those big teams, kind of like you alluded to, Bridget. Like the teams that even if you don't follow it, you know those names <laughs> and watching them drop points. And again, it's early. Things will probably stabilize, but you know, three months down the road, if Flamengo and Palmeiras are like chasing points, like that's going to be fun. Again, those were the finalists last for the cup, you know what I'm saying? So if, if that opens some space for somebody like Amelgar to like get in there and, and, and go through, that's going to make things really interesting. Um, that's it. I'm out. Any other, we always like to go out on a high note. So I don't know if you guys got some, some fun news you want to throw in. Yeah, I don't know if you if you guys watched the America versus Leon game at all from like last week. I mean, we 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 watched the nut shot that I put yeah, up exactly. many videos of that. Yeah. <laughs> it was legendary. It was, it was pretty awesome. I love the fact. <clears> yeah, that. I watched I watched that video like ninety times. So. Exactly. Yeah. And then you know, there's a two, there's a two uh, there's also the video where like the two. Um, coaches get kicked out right they both get red cards and one oh, of them grabs right. one of them grabs a shirt out of someone and it rips the shirt off and it literally just huh. became a wwe match where they what? one of the one of the coaches is running with a ripped shirt and oh, i missed that and so yeah no it's like in in that type of sense you know it's it's been um a very tense um tense moment in in in, in, in the soccer world in that sense um uh, but um you know, it's 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 just crazy how like things have been. But I yeah, I mean my only happy news is is no news is no bad news, right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, we've we've had enough crappy things and, and I'm just really excited that it's getting nicer and then we get to probably start watching uh, getting ready for the summer, uh sense of that and Aurora. I'm sorry. You know. I'm watching the video Bridget said. Uh, yeah, you saw that? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's spectacular. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, funny. it's like, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> I, I love how, like, no the bullshit the ref is. Just like, he's like, really? <laughs> he just turns around and walks right back over to the monitor. Like, I know. So like, good. Like, What's going on? That is, uh, that is very funny. The, the one cool thing, though, is that um, I finally got to see the uh, women's... Uh, away kits for the world cup yeah and oh my god why hmm. didn't we get to <laughs> oh like you're beautiful right like we see the yeah. japan pink one because of their sunset right yeah uh, the colombian one is amazing right i mean even argentina goes away from their typical kits it's like you know it's just that's just you know, amazing here. yeah are we talking about like the, the splatter paint thing yeah okay I'm, I'm a big fan of that so it's kind of cool yeah i like it it's a it's a nice change from the the basic ones that they've had for a while i think it's a um no a lot of people were saying they were really boring but i think it's uh a nice mix up from some of the recent ones that we've seen even okay. the uh this year even like the knockoff jerseys that like target and other like box stores have been selling like the knockoffs are actually fairly nice this year 
Mm-hmm. So if you're if if you're not ready to invest in a Nike, um, the Nike kit, if you if you need one with USA on it, hit up Target. But uh, is is that is that going to be their home? The splatter one. I think looks, so. Yeah. Looks like it. Cool. Yeah, I dig it. It's different. It's different at the very least. Yep. Yeah, Sweet. I mean, um, that referee got a 12-game ban from... Uh, I was going to ask that. The, the nut shot? Yeah. So all you referees out there in the world, someone Take started notes. my GoFundMe, GoFundMe page because you all wanted to do the same thing for so many times. So I was going to say, 12, 12 game suspension <laughs> and, and free gym membership at a uh, MMA gym to get, get moving in for yeah, uh, much, my career. <laughs> I work on that find, any day. Find a new pastime with your basically 12 week hiatus uh amazing right on friends yeah Yeah, it was wonderful to see you guys as usual Mm -hmm. uh thank you listeners as well you know the thing patreon.com backslash mn football show and uh enjoy the warmth it's so weird because like i I told you all because of the ginormous snow fort that i'm currently looking at even though all the snow is melting that thing is going to be around for at least two months yeah, I'm just. Yeah. Um, we have we have piles of ice on either side of the driveway yeah. that are not going to go anywhere for quite some time. It's kind of incredible how just a little bit of shade can make that much difference. Oh yeah, it does. So much. My whole backyard is uh, is 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 defrosted, and my whole front yard is still like two uh-huh. inches of two inches of we snow. Have... No, I mean I'm sorry, two feet of snow. So. Mm. I have a nice big stretch of lawn right here, but yeah, the patio is. Uh, you can see the top of the grill now, which is nice after it being buried for six months, but mm-hmm. it's like frozen in place because it all just like all right. compacts it around. Well, it. Yep. Thanks everyone for showing up and listening. Congratulations to Burnley for a promotion back to the Premier League. Oh, there you go. Um, so that's a good news to end up on all that. So that should be fun to watch. Um, unless you're a Southampton fan, that's probably not what you wanted to hear. So. In uh, which case, sorry that you're Southampton. Yeah, yeah sorry. Big, not big sorry. shouts to to the uh, production crew at, at Ted Lasso for I, I haven't watched the new one yet, but I know it's been blasted around that they dedicated the the latest episode to the memory of Grant Wall, which is just a super yeah. classy thing. And Coach Beard carrying his book, which I mean, yeah, smart writers, great cast. It's just just to work that in is is, is a beautiful. Thing. I can't believe this is the last season for that. That's mm-hmm. making me. Yeah, this is it, really? Good I, I wasn't aware of that. I thought it was the last season. Yeah. I don't know. Is it? it? Is. That's well, what I've heard. Yeah. That's what I heard. You know, I, I, I like ending on a high note because sometimes they get stretched out too much and, you know, it, That's just, true. it just gets, yeah. All right. I'm going to go for a bike ride. Right. See you guys. Nice. All right. Yep.